Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. You guys ready for the word this morning? Yeah, three of you. I'll talk to you guys. The rest of you are just tuning into our conversation, okay? Well, we, um, we're, we're glad to be back. Me and Austin went with some friends to Dallas last weekend and got to just um, spend some time together. And then we, uh, we got to visit Upper Room, just a, a church that we love and have learned so much from over the years and that last Sunday, and it was beautiful. But we're glad to be back with family. And yeah, can, I just want us to open up our hearts to God's word today. How many of you know that um, God's word says that, well, in Hebrews, it says that God's word is like a double-edged sword, right? It's sharp. It's, it's alive and it's active. And the word of God, it cuts away the things that don't belong. It's what it does. How many of you have some things that need to be cut away? All of you who don't, I'm jealous. And that's got to be cut away. The and um, no, we all do. We need the word of God. And I believe a... Um, my, my responsibility to you today is not to just give you information, but it's to bring you into revelation, which should bring you to the secret place that says, God, I need you to do that in me. And so I, I love you. I'm not here to connect with you today. I'm here to connect you with the Father. And, uh, and, and, and I hope that's what happens. If you if you've only connect with me, then we, uh, you know, you get what you get. But if you connect with the Lord, it has the power to transform your life. Amen. And, uh, and here, my, my heart is this, is that um, Jesus would have his way in everything that we do. And my desire is for you is that um, Sunday morning service would not be the pinnacle of your walk with the Lord, that it would be the moments um, alone with him. It'd be the, the moments when you're driving in your car and you're encountering him. It'd be, it'd be the walking every day with him. And we gather and we just bring that all together. And we sit, we're all bringing our passion for him together. And we engage in worship. And, um, and so I want to encourage you that is that you might come and say, well, I just love coming to church because the presence of God's here. And, and it, it's true is I believe there's that the Lord's here, but the Lord wants to come and habitate your life. He wants to come and dwell within you. You are actually created for that. And um, Ephesians chapter 2, this isn't my message, this is just warm-up, okay? Um, Ephesians 2 actually says that we are being built up together into a holy temple to be a dwelling place for God. How many of you turn, turn to somebody and say, you're a dwelling place for the Lord? That's good news. But how many of you know that God doesn't just live anywhere? He, uh, God doesn't come and cohabitate with, with things that aren't holy. And uh, God is always with you and he loves you. But I tell you, this is what he wants to do is he wants to consecrate you so that you can actually be someone who is a carrier of his very presence. And so our lives is walking out this life that's saying, God, whatever's not holy, whatever, it's not because, not for the sake of rules, it's for the sake of God, I want you to fill every space. I don't want to bring anything that you would say, I can't, I can't be with that. 
I'm saying, but I am saying, Lord, come and touch every place that isn't holy and make it holy. Right. That's also what he does. And so um, that is who you are. We carry this great privilege and responsibility of carrying his presence is when you walk into a room, the, the glory of the Lord has entered the room because of who you are. Right. And so we have a great calling. Um, come on, as as um, I, I want to pray again, I know we've been worshiping and praying and maybe it sounds a little redundant, but I just want to make sure that we posture our hearts right and um, that we become hearers of the word today. Right. So, Jesus, we just come. We come and we say we're completely yours. Make us like clay in your hands, moldable, teachable. I pray, Lord, that, that there would be teachable hearts here today, that, uh, that we would be good, good soil that your word can fall on and that it can um, bear a harvest, Lord. Just thank you that you're already here with us. Lord, thank you that you're transforming lives. Thank you that even as we are gathered here today, Lord, that you are still transforming hearts and lives right here, where there's wrong ways of thinking, where there's strongholds, where there's pain and sickness and body. I thank you even in this moment, Lord, that you are healing and you, you are delivering. And so we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it should be normal. Miracles are normal in the presence of Jesus. And... Um, so, hey, today I want to talk about what are you partnering with? Okay, I, and let me say this. You are partnering with something. Everybody's partnering with something. And uh, whether you, you know it or not, you know, we have one of the great gifts of God for humanity was choice. He gave you the ability to choose. Um, some of us are good at choosing. Some of us are not good at choosing. Some of my kids are great at choosing. Some of, my, some of my kids are, you know, they don't always get it right. But, you know, there's in Scripture, it says that there's a scripture that says, today I set before you life and death. And then the heart of God says, choose life. Pray that you choose life. And God, I believe every day is coming and saying, choose life. He's come saying, choose life. Jesus said, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and life to the fullest. So if you're asking, what is God's desire for you? It's that you would have life. But you actually choose that every day. You, you, you choose that. Um, so your partnership, what you agree with, what you are choosing to believe is either producing life or death in you. Right? Um, the enemy, how many of you know there is a devil? There is an enemy. He's real. Some of us would rather not believe that, but it is true. And he is after your agreement and your partnership. And he's actually really good at, um, he, he knows what he's doing. It, it, he, he doesn't have any authority unless you give it to him. And what he does is he actually deceives into getting your agreement and partnership. And um, it's what he did from the very beginning and he knows this, whatever the Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. It is the things that you have agreed and partnered with that are actually making up who you are and what is manifesting in your life. That's why he is after your agreement and your partnership. Um, a lot of us, some of us, you, if I were to say, hey, have you partnered with the enemy? You'd be like, no, of course not. I would never partner with that guy. Right? <laughs> that guy's terrible. It never, but... A lot of times is we've partnered with them and we don't even know it. It's just the truth. 
And part of our walk with the Lord is that we're inviting him into the spaces that we know we need him and the places we didn't realize we needed him. It's, it's coming and saying, Lord, I'm dependent on you. You know, I know we're celebrating Independence Day tomorrow. I believe in the spirit, we should celebrate Dependence Day. We're dependent on the Lord. We're dependent on him. Dependence on him actually brings about independence in the natural. You know, our nation was built on independence because in the spirit, they had become dependent on the Father. Right? And so that's why the scripture Austin shared earlier, where the, where the spirit is made Lord, there is freedom. It is submission and dependence on the spirit of God and the culture becomes freedom. Right? And so it's this amazing kingdom in which you give, it's, you know, Jesus said, if, if you lose your life, you get it. If you, if you get your life, like go after your own life, your self-life, you lose it. It's this upside down kingdom, right? So um, I want to I wanna read this, just how the enemy works, okay? Um, you know, we, you, you have to understand this. The enemy doesn't necessarily come to you and offer you something blatantly evil and bad. Sometimes. Sometimes it's something that looks good and it's not God. Right? Um, let's go to the beginning, okay? Genesis 3, starting in verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. Anytime the enemy asks you a question, it's to bring you out of agreement with God. Anytime he asks you a question, when God asks you a question, it's to bring you into faith. Okay? So you need to know this. If, if, if the enemy's asking you questions, if you're having questions that are questioning what God said, you need to know this. It's only there to bring you out of agreement. And you need to ask God, what are you saying? What are you asking me? Right? And so... Um, it goes on to say, the enemy responded, you will not certainly die. This, and how many of you know that was partially true? He was, he was giving a very natural, humanistic answer. You're not going to die. You're going to keep on breathing. Your body's not going to die. But what did happen is spiritually something died, right? Death entered. Spiritual death entered. And... Um, and then it goes on to say, he said, um, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The enemy's actually presenting a truth to him or to her. And then it says, when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. <clears throat> now, did you notice there? The tree, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, it didn't, it, it wasn't like shriveled up fruit and it didn't stink. It was good for food and it was pleasing to the eye, right? And so the very thing God said, hey, don't do this. It was pleasing to the eye. It was good, right? But 
it was bringing, the, it was something that would bring them out of connection. I believe that a lot of times we justify our disobedience to the Lord because something looked good. Well, if it's, if it's good, it's God, right? And I'm saying this, is every good gift is from God. But out of, when there's not relationship and submission and obedience to the Lord, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what you do. There's this one life that we've been called to live, and it's this life of surrender to Him. Again, it's through dependence we find independence, right? And so, um, and then it, it goes on to say, just for the sake of reading the rest, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So the, the enemy, the Bible says he comes as an angel of light. He comes and he's like, hey, look, let me, let me help you out. Let me, let me show you what's good here. And, and look, this, this manifests in a lot of different, different ways. A lot of times what we are hearing, we don't even recognize as the enemy. All right, and I want to say this today is that there are lots of voices. We, we live in a time where there are so many voices. There are so many things that you can come into partnership with. It's you hear something and you're like, oh, that sounds right, you know? That sounds good. That, yeah, that's right. And then we say, okay, I'm coming alongside of that. And, and we don't even ask God what he thinks. We don't even ask God, like, God, what is your heart? You see, the, the only... The only way um, that we really, really walk with him is through constant surrender. Surrender is not a one-time deal. It's not a, hey, I surrender to Jesus. No, it is an active part of your life where you are actively surrendering to him every day, every moment where it is, Lord, I need your voice. You know the, the scripture that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? That actually means the, it is the continual hearing is you, you don't get to live off of yesterday's bread, right? Is that you actually need the constant hearing of God's voice that actually is producing his heart in you. And it is through that connection with his voice that you partner with him, right? The enemy wants to bring you out of agreement with what God has said. Now, a lot of times God will share something with us and the enemy, like, will start having these thought, thoughts that aren't bad thoughts, but they're contradictions. And we say, well, maybe God made up, changed his mind. You know, maybe, maybe God's thinking something different today. And we begin to disregard what God has told us to do or what, what he said that is truth. And, and here, here's the deal. Every response in our life is either birthed out of fear or love. All right. Fear is the fruit of human reasoning. Say that again. Fear is the fruit of human reasoning. It's whenever you're having conversations with yourself or with others or buying into to just whatever the voice is that has excluded his voice, that isn't dependent on his voice. And, and I'm, tell, I'm saying this very sobered because I, I know there, look, in the world today, you think about all the different issues and the different things. You know, we can see a beautiful thing happen in where, um, which uh, it, for me, it doesn't matter where you land politically, but I can say this, is that 
um, it is a beautiful thing that Roe versus Wade was overturned. And we can have lots, we can have lots of conversation. And I know that, I know there's lots that, lots of different things in that. But let me say this is, uh, well, let me say this on the back end of that. Um, laws being changed, that's great, but it doesn't mean hearts are changed. Okay, and, and my thing is this, is that the only way that our hearts are right and that our, that our hearts are actually what the Lord's hearts are is that we make sure that we're not in partnership with any other voice but His. Um, I wasn't going to share this, but I think it's important. Is I, I think there are two main spirits at work in our nation today. Okay, it's one, it's a religious spirit. Okay, a religious spirit that um, has a form of God, but it denies the power that could really change and transform, right? There's a lots of ways that that manifests, right? It is, I care more about being right than I care about people. I value more about the rules than I do what is the Lord saying. It is literally, you are still li living by a handwritten set of rules instead of the, the law of God written on your heart. You aren't living from a place of truth and relationship. You're living from a place of, well, this is just what I know. It's tradition. It's, it, and so I, I believe that there's that. It's, it's fear and control. It's that I, I can control my life. I control what's, what's happening. And, and, and at the root of it, it's birthed out of fear. The second one is the spirit of this age, which is a self-exalting spirit. It's about you. It's about what, what makes you happy, who, what, what, what's your thing. It's all about you. And that's why Jesus said, if anyone desires to find their life, to have lived their life, they'll lose it. But if you'll lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. Our true life is always hidden in him. And I can say this, is, uh, it doesn't even matter where you land politically, is if you're not careful and you're not hearing what God's saying and you're not actively partnering with him, you will fall under the influence of one of those spirits. It's just the truth. You begin hearing different voices and you say, well, that sounds good and that sounds right. And um, I, I believe if we ever want to see what God has for our region, for the United States, it's not, it's not going to be because all the right leaders got put in place. It's, it's not going to be because all the right laws were in place. What's going to happen is our hearts turn to the Lord. I, we were, we, every Tuesday morning, which you're more than invited to come and join us if your schedule allows, but we pray for our city in this region in downtown Hammond. Felt like God asked us to. From 9 to 10 a.m., we go and we pray. Um, I felt like the Lord showed me this whenever we were praying. As I, I saw myself in a room, and I, it felt like a very, um, it felt like a courtroom is what it felt like. It was a, it was a, it was a meeting where, um, things were being discussed and it was leaders. And I, I felt like it represented two things. It represented our education system and it represented our judicial system. And I saw someone stand up and I knew that they were the highest authority in the room and they said this, what does God want? They, they posed this question, what does God want? And I felt like what, was ha what God wanted to do is he wanted to instill in our hearts this thing that says I'm, I'm losing all of my good ideas just to find out what does he want. And I think that's where we set our faces is, God, what's your desire? How many of you know that he knows? He knows. He knows for your life. He knows for the world around you. 
And what can happen is if we're not careful is we can begin to come into agreement with chaos and with what's going on in the world. We come into agreement with fear, all because we listen to a voice that may have sounded good. It might have sounded very logical, but it wasn't God's voice. And I can tell you this is that God's voice brings you into a place of confidence. It brings you into a place of security. It brings you to a place where you know I can come boldly into his presence. It leaves you in a place where, guess what, you don't live, um, you don't live with the fear of man. You don't live with the, it's not that you don't love people, you're not rude to people, but I just, you, I'm not wavered by what you think or say. There's a higher authority in my life that has spoken, and that's how I live my life. And when his voice, it doesn't bring discord. His voice doesn't bring confusion. His voice settles you in and causes you to hit the target. That's what his voice does. His voice causes you to have his mind. That's why Jesus, he could walk into a place and he wasn't confused. He wasn't wondering what needed to happen. It's because he had this one thing that he was doing, this one voice in his life that was above every other voice. It was above everything else. He had partnered with this one voice that had made everything else um, right in his life. And so he could walk into a place and he knew who he was, he knew who he belonged to, and he knew what the Father wanted to do in the moment. If we're carrying all of our opinions and our partnership with other things, we walk into a room and we have no idea what God wants. We walk in and we say, well, this is wrong and this needs to change, and we start throwing out opinions, or we start pushing people away. We start talking about when people have... A, a worldview that doesn't look like a biblical worldview, we begin to say, ah, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a Christian, don't, I'm not going to be around you. And instead of coming and saying, hey, I'm actually going to sit myself right inside of, uh, of where you're at, I'm going to come close to you because I have God's heart. I'm not scared that I'm going to somehow get a wrong mindset because I'm talking with you, but I, I know what I, I, I've come into partnership with. I know, what, who, I know who's been speaking to me. And so partnership with the Lord never produces fear. I'd say this, if there are places of fear in your life, you may have partnered with a voice that's not his. Right? Y'all good this morning? My, who, who, what, what is influencing your life? What is the greatest influence? It's, it's not, we, we live in a time where there, there, there is no more just being kind of, um, I guess on the fence, just like, well, we'll kind of see what happens, or I kind of believe this, and I kind of believe that. It's, it's no, it's, it's the Lord will speak to you about every issue, about every person. He'll give you his heart, and we don't have time not to have his heart. All right? And, um, and, and what happens when we have his heart is we get to walk out who we are. You get to walk out in your identity. You get to walk out. You actually will have something to give. Right? Y'all good today? Awesome. I don't, how many of you say, look, I want, I want to be under the Lord's influence? Yeah? I want to be under His influence. Is, uh, and, and today I want to talk to you about how do we position ourselves to be influenced by Him? I believe that there are some, some very practical things that um, bring us into partnership with the Lord. Okay? And, uh, and, and it should be things that are active in our lives um, 
let me see what I want to say. Let's do this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you a few things. How do we partner with God? Number one, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of sit here for a little while. This is one of my favorite things to talk about, and it's worship. Okay? Um, worship is not just a part of our Sunday morning service. It's not our Wednesday night worship service. Worship is literally a heart posture before. It, it starts from a heart posture, and it is relationship with the Lord. Worship is this. Worship is agreeing with who God says he is. It's, it's agreeing with who he is. And it's not just saying, it, it, but it's actively agreeing. It's actually this, this place of like, I'm not just saying, yeah, that's true. It's I'm declaring it. I'm pursuing it. If he is healer, then I'm actively pursuing him as healer in my life. It means this. If he is healer, then I'm the healed. It is I'm actually coming, wanting the, the truth of who he is to manifest in my life. Your, your worship to him is actually, it is, it is seeing him for who he is, and then it is seeing him through you. Is this is actually bore true in my life of who he is. He is holy. I'm declaring he's holy. Because, and guess what? Because he is holy, I'm becoming holy. I'm holy. It's manifesting in my life. It's I want worship is this is that in my every day, I want to see him for who he is. And I want that to bear fruit in my life. Right. I love Romans 12, where it talks about the renewing of the mind. And it talks about being a living sacrifice and that it is our reasonable worship. Your worship is being transformed by him. It is positioning yourself to see who he is. And as you see him for who he is and experience him for who he is, you are becoming like him. That is your worship. Worship isn't just singing a song. I was sitting down with somebody Friday and they said, I had this, the Lord put this thought on my mind that worship isn't just a genre of music. And they're searching out what does that actually look like? What is worship in my life? I think for you, worship doesn't have to look like you singing to Caleb in your car, okay? It's not just, it's not just a, uh, a, a, it's not just this act. It's not just this singing a song. It's not like, hey, we're, it, it is a part of relationship with the Lord. It is part of, it is an active part of your life. It is you keeping your heart in a place where you could say at any moment, I could see him for who he is and I'm going to declare it and I'm going to know that if it's who he is, it's meant to manifest in my life. Right? And so worship is a transformational thing. Um, now, I love corporate worship. I love, like, what we pursue, the reason we, we worship maybe longer than maybe some of you have grown up worshiping is because there's something about when together as the body, we come into agreement with who he is and we're declaring that, where we're loving on him, where we're, we are giving him worth. We are saying, this is who you are. We're not giving him worth, we're declaring his worth, Right? If, if our highest calling is to become like him, then we, should, we have to be a people who know the lifestyle of worship, right? And so, um, to, to, uh, so worship is agreeing with who God is. True worship requires surrender to who he is. Um, 
So number one is, is our worship. Um, worship is giving God what he wants, not what we want. So it's not just the same, God, I just want to sing you a song. I, I, I remember this. Um, I, I believe the heart posture for worship is one of honor and reverence. And uh, I remember early 2019, which I love to sit behind a piano and just worship and sing songs. But I remember the Lord began to do something in my heart where I, I sat down at a piano and, and all of a sudden I just felt like I want to be really careful about not... Not that I felt like scared of God, but I felt such honor for him that I was like, I, I don't want to just sing another song. I don't, I don't like if, if I'm coming before a king, I want to bring, I want to bring something that, that would please his heart. And, and, I, and, and it began to shift my thinking about him. As I began to say, no, 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 it's important that I find out what's, what's in his heart. Does he even want me to play piano right now? Does he even want me to sing? What, what, God, what do you want? What's your desire? Where do you want to meet me at? What, 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 what would you want to hear? You know, he's, he, he's a loving father. He's also a holy king. And I can tell you this, is that there is something that changes in your life when you come to the Lord and you say, Lord, I, I want to know honor and reverence. You know, the Lord makes covenant with reverent hearts. He makes covenant with those who honor him. And he's, I don't believe the Lord is impressed by our Christian living. He's not impressed by our, our good rules. What impresses him was a heart like David that was fully surrendered, that fully honored him, and that was willing to give him whatever he wanted. I, I love the story of the Ark of the Covenant where David, his heart is to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. The first time they didn't ask the Lord how he wanted to do it, even though his heart was still right, he was, he was wanting to bring worship. And a man dies and it shuts it down. But David was like, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to give the Lord what he wants. I'm going to give him what he wants. And then he says, Lord, how do you want to do it? And that's why he was a man after God's own heart is because he wanted God's heart. He wanted to know, God, what is your heart? What is your desire? How many of you um, would, uh, let me say it like this, I, I think... What, what would it look like if as we gathered on Sunday mornings, we had this in mind is that we said, we are simply showing up to give the Lord what he wants. What would it look like corporately where we say, hey, let's give the Lord what he desires and what he wants. You, this is why, why the Lord wants our worship is because we become like what we worship. That's why I said it's transformational. You see him for who he is, and it's what becomes. He, do, he doesn't need your worship. If he needed your worship, he wouldn't be God. Right? But he wants your worship because you are transformed into being like him. All right. Number two is surrender. We live a lifestyle of surrender. Uh, I just... Um, I think it comes to this place is where there are things in your life that you, how many of you know there are things in your life that need to change? You're aware of some things, all right? All of us probably. There are also those things in your life that you're probably like, I have no idea. I, I have no idea. And, but God, I need you to come and fill that space, right? And so I want to challenge you this week just on the real practical. I want you to come to the Lord and I want you to, to say, Lord, here are the things. Here are the places in my life that need to shift, that need to change. 
And I ask that the places that I'm not aware of, that you would come and that you would speak to those things, that you would come and you would shift those things, come and fill those spaces, right? So surrender. Surrender is an active part of your life. It is in every situation, every conversation, are you surrendered? Are you surrendered to him? Can, if he showed up and asked you something, would you actually do it? Right? It's a heart posture. So number two is surrender. Um, and number three is this, it's obedience. It's obedience to him. It's what did he say and do we do it? Did, what is he asking of us? What is he asking of us? Um, there, are, there are things that he'll ask, that he's asking all of us. There are certain things that he's asking you. He's asking you, saying, hey, would, uh, would you do this? Would you lay this down? I remember whenever um, I was a teenager and I started leading worship, and it was awesome. I, I went from like wanting to be a basketball star despite my height and um, to like I play, started playing music and singing and worship and I just fell in love with music and with expressing worship to the Lord in that way. And, um, and I went to um, a conference in Florida with some friends and um, we, there was a church over there and they actually had some, some people who were in the music industry and in the worship music industry that we got to hang out with and they were having a small group one night and so that we were invited to. And so the night before that, I was, uh, we, we decided in our hotel room that we were just going to pray and worship together. And so um, we were praying and worshiping and I remember just in that moment saying like, God, I want to give you something. Like a, not, not even something you're asking for, but I want to make sure there's nothing in my heart that I wouldn't give you. I want to make sure that there's nothing that, that if you asked the, the most the dearest thing to my heart, that I'd be willing to give it to you. And, and I feel like it was just inspired by the Lord to do that. But it was kind of, it became like my heart's desires to give him something. And I was a broke teenager. And so it's not like I could, you know, first thought would be like, maybe I could give some money or something. I don't know. But I was like, I don't have much to give, but I do love music. And, and I remember telling the Lord, saying, Lord, if, if, if I never lead worship again, I'm okay. Like, I want to honor you. I want to hold, I want to put this on the altar and I want to honor you. Like this thing that, that I love, I just want you to know that I don't love it more than I love you. And, and then I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if tomorrow night at that small group, if they ask me to lead worship, I know that you called me to do that. But if not, I'm okay. I'll, I'll, I'll lay it down. I want to give you something. I want to honor you. And, um, and these people didn't know me. And I went that next night and this girl came up to me and she's like, hey, you play guitar? And I was like, I did until last night. <laughs> um, no, she said, will you lead us in a worship song? And, uh, and, in the, and honestly, I'd went that whole day without thinking about it. And in that moment, the Lord reminded me of it. And, it, and, it, um, and I knew this is, this, this is who the Lord's called, part of who the Lord's called me to be. And, um, and I'm going to honor him with this. And, um, but I felt like in that, it was an act of obedience. It was this thing of like, Lord, it's all yours. It's all yours. You know, it's like Abraham, whenever he, 
his whole promise, his whole, everything that the Lord had promised him hinged on his son living. And the Lord says, hey, I want you to go to the mountain and sacrifice your son. Today we're like, oh, that's crazy. But Abraham, it's like he didn't even think twice. He said, let's go. The Lord will provide. And he goes up and he was ready to go through with it. And the angels came and said, no, sir. And then the Lord provided a ram. But Abraham's heart was saying, I trust the Lord. I'm, I'm going to honor the Lord no matter what. I'm going to honor him with my life, whatever he asks. And, and it's that heart posture that, that we have to have in order to stay, in order to partner with him. Those are the kind of hearts that partner with the Lord is where it's, Lord, I'm holding nothing above you. I'm holding no other voice um, higher than your voice is if it's not what you're saying and not what you're doing and what you're a part of, I just don't want it. Right? Look, there, I, I, I just want to, I want to tell you today is that the Lord is calling us to that place where we are fully consecrated to him. We are fully set apart. That's what that life is to him. And it's not this place where the Lord just kind of He's not a dictator. He's not like, oh, you got to do His heart is to be with you. His heart is to actually, he is the designer. He designed you. It is a dangerous thing when the, design, the thing that was designed begins to step away from the designer and begins to think, to make itself in its own image and how it wants to be, what it feels like it should be. And if, you, if we are the designed and he is the designer, then we have to fully submit to what he wants and what he's saying. It's the only way we get to be what we are created to be. Right? And you living as the design that he made you to be, you are not insignificant. You as his design under his lordship and leadership have carry the ability to bring change and transformation to the world around you. And I, I don't know about you, but I just feel like in the, like, I, I don't feel like in this, um, I, I keep, keep going back and forth, but I do feel like in this, this moment in time is in, in our nation, in our region that is significant. I don't know if you sense that, but I sense it. I feel like that we are at a place where the Lord has purposes that are for right now. And I know people in their lives where they feel like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of shutting down, willing to shut down whatever for what the Lord wants to do right here and right now. I'm willing to shift things in my life to say, Lord, what do you want and what do you desire? I want to end with this, is that um, I, I read, the Lord brought me to this story in Joshua chapter 3. And, um, and I feel like it's a word for this church and our community. And actually, I felt like Blake and Emily, like this was for you guys too. Um, but Joshua and all of Israel, they come up to the Jordan River, right? They're crossing into the promised land. It comes to this point where they have come to um, inhabit the place that, of their inheritance that the Lord had said. There's this long journey, and now they are at the Jordan River. And this was the Lord's instruction. He said, I want the priest to take the Ark of the Covenant, and I want you to go up to the, the Jordan River, and I want you to enter into the river. And as you enter into the river, the river's going to stop, and there's going to be dry land, and you're going to enter in. And he, the Lord tells Joshua this. He says, Joshua, he says, where you're going, you haven't been before. So you need the ark. You need the presence. 
And I want to say this is where the, what the Lord is wanting to do in you and in us and in this region and where you guys are going. You, we haven't been there before. And the Lord is saying this. He's saying, you need my presence to go before you. And then he, Joshua gave this command to the Israelites. He said, consecrate yourselves, which means this, set yourselves apart. Set yourselves apart. Meaning this is where are the spaces where you filled your life with things that God didn't give you? Where are the opinions that aren't God's opinions? Where are the values that aren't God's values? And are you willing to separate and to consecrate and say, God, I'm, I, I'm all yours. God wants to inhabit your life. If the, you are a temple for the Holy Spirit, right? Some of you, it's time that you give the keys to the Holy Spirit and make him the owner. Right? It's this, I, I've sold quite a few houses over the years. Whenever I'm selling a house and someone else is taking ownership, a couple things I have to do. One is I got to get my stuff, I got to get the other stuff out. It's got to be a clean house. And then I've got to turn over the key. I believe today, some of you, the Lord's saying, for where you're going and where he wants to bring you, he's looking for you to clean house, to turn over the key, and to let him come and dwell. And he said, will you walk with me? Because I can tell you this, he went on to tell the Israelites, he said, for tomorrow, the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. If we're going to step into what he has for us, all the good things, some of you, you're longing to see the move of God. You're longing to see what God could do. But he's saying this, consecrate yourself and follow my presence. Partner with me. Right? And so I just speak over your people today, Lord. I just thank you that you are, con that, that as they come before you, that they are being consecrated and they are becoming a people that follow your presence. Come on, let, let's stand together this morning. I want us to do this. I want us to be, this morning is to receive the invitation of the Lord to respond. I want us to consecrate ourselves to Him. I believe that the Lord today is, He's looking for those that will set themselves apart and make their aim His presence, His presence. So come on, Jesus, today, come on. I want you just to put your hand on your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Some of you, you simply just need to say, Lord, I consecrate myself to you. Say, so you can have it all. So this is a moment for some people for surrender. Lord, you can have it all. Every place. Lord, every place. Lord, I don't want to partner with the enemy. I thank you, Lord, that you are bringing your people to inheritance. You're bringing your people to a place, Lord, where we are crossing into inheritance. So we, this morning, we say, come and Lord, consecrate our lives. Let our lives be set apart for you. That there be no place that we keep hidden from you. No place, Lord, where we've held on to things that aren't what you want us to have. And Lord, we commit to following your presence. We commit to following your presence. Lord, for this region, thank you that you're touching schools and families. You're touching um, our, the, the um, judicial system. 
You're touching every place, Lord. And Lord, we want to know how to walk in everything that you have. So we say, come and lead us, Lord. We invite your leadership. We invite your leadership. Invite your leadership. We invite your leadership, Jesus. Jesus, you are worthy. You're all we want. You're all we need. Come on, I just want you to take a moment just to hear his voice. Take a moment to turn aside from everything else. Say, Lord, what are you saying? What are you doing? Just honor you. honor you, Jesus. We honor you. Lord, to honor you with our lives. Yeah, I feel like there's some people here today that you're making that decision that, Lord, I'm going to honor you with my life. I'm going to honor you with my life. All I have. just in obedience to the Lord, but uh, a lot of you guys, you know, um, Blake and Emily here, and Blake and Emily, I feel like the Lord just wants to speak over your lives. They're actually next month going to Nashville to plant a church, and so I want us to be praying for them, but I felt like that, that the story with them crossing the Jordan, and I know that has been significant for you guys but even where the tribes began to, they went and grabbed stones and building places of remembrance for generations. As I felt like the places of worship that you guys build, because I feel like it's going to be places of worship, is that it's going to be places that are going to speak to generations of a heart of ministering to the Lord, to give the Lord what He wants. And so I feel like the Lord's saying this morning that He's like, He's with you in that, that you have been called and anointed to not just lead people into His presence, but it, but to build generationally um, a heart for the Lord's presence, where it is going to affect um, children, it's going to affect children's children, where it is something where it is actually changing legacy, it's changing destinies, and um, and that's the gift on your life, is that you're going to raise up people who have that same heart and have that same mind, and it's not just going to be about you guys building a place, it's going to be that there are going to be places that are going to be birthed out of what you guys carry, and so Lord, we just bless them, and I thank you right now, yeah, let's just uh, stretch our hands to them. It's just saying, Lord, we're agreeing with what you're saying over their lives. I just thank you, Lord, that even from this moment on, Lord, that um, they are becoming very aware of the mantle that you've placed on their lives. Um, 
you're going to begin to sense the mantle in a new way, sense the anointing in a new way, and uh, knowing exactly, like there's going to be a confidence to walk out what the Lord is saying in the moment. Like everywhere you go, you're going to know this is what the Lord wants. Because you've said yes in your hearts to Him, the Lord's saying that He's never going to leave you without um, the unction. He's never going to leave you without the... the um, the, this is what I'm doing in the moment. The Lord says He's going to lead you to all the right people. He's going to lead you to all the right places. The Lord says walk in confidence because today you, you are like Joshua crossing the Jordan. You are like Joshua crossing the Jordan. He's saying just follow my presence. Just follow my presence. So Lord, we just thank you for them today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.